0: Price on all to Fearless in Devotion, the Wrexham AFC fans podcast, sponsored by the Fat Ball Bar and Restaurant. Lots to discuss today after a really significant day in the National League. The Dragons have stolen a march on the Magpies. Obviously, Wrexham won at home against Dorking 3-1, while Notts County somehow lost at home thanks to a late goal by our old friends Dagenham and Redbridge. Uh, No Andy today, but we've got Tim and Liam here with me, uh, before we welcome a special guest onto the podcast very soon, uh, Tim. Long way to go this season, but yesterday felt like a big day in the title race, didn't it?
1: Yeah, massive, massive. Couldn't quite believe it. But just when you think um, it's not going quite our way, all of a sudden, good old Dagenham and Redbridge. Happy days. So yeah, what was... i always loved the daggers. Yeah, it wasn't something that anybody expected, to be honest, but... Yeah. Nobody expected us to be held to a draw by Woking. So swings and roundabouts in the title race. There's still plenty. We're not counting our chickens because we don't know how Tuesday is going to go against a very, very wounded Chesterfield team that are in freefall. So fingers crossed, but yeah, massive psychological blow um, on Notts County. So advantage Wrexham at this stage.
0: Indeed, and Liam, you know lots of Notts county fans furious with the referee saying Macaulay Langstaff was rugby tackled in the penalty area. I thought it was a terrible dive, absolutely disgraceful what do, what do you think
2: it was a, it was as clear cut as can be that it wasn't a penalty, and um, I just you know like to thank the referees for kindly accepting their delivery from from Robin Ryan before the match came in a, a nice colored envelope apparently um. Yeah. So yeah, they they seem to whip themselves. Some of them, it's a a minority, but there is a minority out there who genuinely think there is corruption afoot, which is just ludicrous. As Tim said, we know very well that the officials in this league are just not that good.
0: I mean, yeah, we should say that we shouldn't tar all Los County fans with the same brush because they do seem a very decent bunch generally. I think this title race is just getting to us all a little bit, isn't it? Let's go back to the Dorking game anyway. What we... What we witnessed on Saturday, quite a routine win, but a great goal by Elliot Lee to kick us off. And obviously, um, great to see Jordan Davis back on the pitch again.
1: And we all know Elliot Lee's got that in his locker. So just a real ferocious hit set us on our way, really. Again, it wasn't it wasn't quite, you know, all one-sided. I thought Dorking quite a nice, neat and tidy side, and they've probably got enough to, to stay in this division. Dolby's goal was really good, really happy. I he had the start and yeah happy days nice little win set us so up nicely going into Tuesday
0: Speaking of Dolby Liam I mean he keeps his spot doesn't he Surely on Tuesday I mean great finish couple of really nice touches
2: Yeah it just goes to show what happens when you give a player time because you know there's people around Christmas time who are willing to write him off you know he wasn't the option we needed on the bench and then lo and behold I, I thought from the you know the moment he started getting minutes against Coventry you could see there's a decent player in there and you know, by the sounds of it, I think he, he looks like he's got more pace now. He looks fitter. Um, took his goal really well yesterday. And I think it's just a it's just a fantastic problem to have. I think Palmer's been playing through the um pain barrier recently. I don't agree with people who said he's been poor, but it's just nice that if his form does dip just that little bit because of injuries or whatever. We've got Sam Dolby knocking on the door, who can do he's he's not exactly the same player, but he does hold up play nicely. Uh, he's got a really good finish on him as well. So, yeah, well done, Sam. Uh,
0: let's talk about the signing that we made this week. First signing in a while. Ryan Barnett um, seems a really, really tidy signing. I went back and watched the highlights of our game against Solihull on, um, uh, on New Year's Day, I think it was, or the day after New Year's Day. Um, and, you know, he caused us lots of problems, didn't he? So that seems a really tidy signing, Tim.
1: Yeah, again, I'm, I'm this to you, I, I couldn't... Remember too much about how how effective he's been for Solihull, but then did some digging, and I think one of our friends, not county friends, Tom Williams, did some uh, stats on him to give us an idea of where he he is in terms of forward, and the very very similar players. I think I think he might have put in more crosses than forward, but one of his one of Barnett's um, friends got in touch with me on on Twitter, who's in the same sort of Shrewsbury um, academy setup as him, and just said, look. He said he doesn't feel like he's blessed with a lot of pace, but what he is, he's direct. He will get to the byline, he'll cross the ball, pinpoint actually, accuracy, doesn't mess around with it. He's just, right, let's get down the wing, get it in.
0: Yeah, and hope we can see him uh, doing that very soon at the race course and uh, further afield because we'll be needing more players, I think, uh, in the run-in with the, the rate of injuries that we've got and the games are still coming thick and fast. Speaking of, a very quick word on Tuesday... Before we invite our special guest, uh, Tim, uh, what do you think that the fans need to do on Tuesday, more importantly than anything?
1: Let's let's have this right. This is not a criticism of anybody. OK, so I mean, I've even been involved in some of the conversations with the 12 man lads who are trying their very best to get the the atmosphere up and running and consistent and and full tilt, really. I suppose the best example of that was sheffield united in the fa cup you know that that three-all draw the atmosphere was matched the spectacle really it was raucous from the start until the very end just brilliant stuff just endless singing shouting and all positive positive. and I, I said the other day that sometimes i just feel that there's a little bit of sort of strange impatience that seems to be doing the rounds at the match these days like one pass will go astray and all of a sudden, he's branded shit. Well, no, hang on, mate. It's it's the fifth division for a reason. Passes will go astray at any level. And unless you're trying to make Phil Parkinson's side out to be prime Barcelona or prime Man City, it's, it's an unfair comparison and it's unfair criticism. So basically what I'm getting at, from the first minute to the 93rd and 95th minute, wherever it is on Tuesday, just get behind them from the off and just, you know, Leave your voice in the ground and come away um, hoarse, having done everything you can to help them across the line. Really,
0: seems to be a symptom, doesn't it, Liam? I think of two things. One, just how relentless this title race is. I think we're. I think I saw the stat earlier. Is it something like fifty-five out of the last sixty-three points the Wrexham have won? That is absolutely unbelievable, and probably something that we'll never experience again. And a lot of us probably feel like we can't fully enjoy it because Notts County are doing something similar. Um, and I think is it something, you know, Liam, people checking their phones and then not county your tunnel up. And so that you can almost hear that happen when when it when we're when it's still nil-nil at the race course, or we're even winning and it deflates things. Do you think that's a problem?
2: Yeah, definitely. I think um it was the the game we we drew last week. Um there was someone behind me saying, Oh, you know, Notts County have scored, and there's just these little murmurs that go around the ground. It never used to be As much of a problem when it was just the one bloke with a radio earpiece in his ear. It wouldn't really, the news wouldn't travel around the crowd quite so quickly. But now everyone and his wife's got um, a mobile phone on them checking the Knotts County score. But I think it is that thing that you mentioned before you know, we're a bit crabby because we're doing really well, but somehow there's still this team right up alongside us chasing us all the way. And I'd imagine it's the same for Knotts County fans as well. And I think sometimes you just have to give yourself a reality check and say, well, whatever happens, happens. There's two fantastic sides. We both deserve to go up, but we could do we could do entire episodes on on the, the situation in terms of promotion and relegation. So it is what it is. And by hook or by crook, we just have to go up one way or another.
0: And one last note before we welcome our special guest. Um on that note, we I think I said in the podcast a few weeks ago that it wasn't actually going to be the, the team that dropped points next that would not win the title. It's going to be how you react to dropping points. Notts County did well after dropping some points about five or six games ago. They won straight away and they won four in a row. We did well after Woking to pick ourselves up and after Sheffield United, the replay, to pick ourselves up and win some tricky games. It's a tough ask now for Notts to win you know, against Bromley on the weekend. But I think on that note, what I would say is that if... You know, we don't capitalize on Tuesday. Say we draw against Chesterfield. Let's not overreact. You know, we're still going to be in a good position, and it's going to be really important that we get behind the boys. And on Saturday in Maidenhead, make sure that we're fully behind them and we don't overreact to this, like, dare I say it, lots of the Notts County fans have done, and they're in full on meltdown mode. Let's not do that, and let's because there's a long way to go. And let's also try and enjoy the ride as best we can. Uh, but anyway, coming up on Phyllis in Devotion, our next special guest. Well, it's time to welcome to feel us our special guest, comedian actor Bon Vivre, friend of the podcast, Humphrey Carr. Uh, how are you doing, Humphrey?
3: Well, I like the I like the title Bon Vivre. Um, yeah. um, so I'll stick I'll stick with that. I'm good. Yes, very well. Great, very good well. man. What's your
0: reaction to yesterday? We were just discussing it. Uh, well, by the time this goes out, Saturday's results f- feels like quite a big moment in the in the title race. So I suppose we've got to grab onto anything we can in this relentless battle for the for the top spot.
3: Sure. Well, we, when you say results, I mean there's only one result that I'm interested in yesterday, which was Rex and three, uh, Dorking Wanderers course, one. So pay attention to results elsewhere in the National League. I think that's a that's a recipe for yes. too stressful life. So, uh, why did something happen elsewhere? Something good?
0: Yeah, I, I I didn't know you went aware. Dagenham and Redbridge beat Notts County late late winner up at Meadow Lane, Humphrey.
3: Oh yeah, they're they're sort of playoff contenders, right? Those two uh, aren't they? Something I don't I don't look at the table these days. I'm just interested in uh, in in what we're doing. I think there's someone ahead of us. Uh, I'm not sure who that is, but I just uh, I just check what our points total is, how many games we played, that sort of thing. Um, uh, yeah, you know, I it's it's re- right now. I'm trying to uh, all week I've been back at the race course, I've been everyone I talk to them like. Listen, we can't pay attention to them. It's in our hands. Just got to take care of our own business. We'll be fine. And then, of course, for the last five minutes of their game last night, I was like desperately refreshing the BBC website, I'm just checking if anything. I've got an app live score that is pretty quick on the mark with with goals and stuff. And be like, what well, if something's gone wrong? What well, if their servers are down and there's been another goal or something? Um, so I was, you know, hopping back and forth between the two things. And um, yeah, listen, we it's great. But, but I do genuinely stand by the sentiment that we have to really concentrate on what we're doing. I think that's that's one of the biggest challenges we've got between now and the end of the season is for all of us, and that includes, you know, the players and the manager and everybody behind the scenes, but also everyone in the stands, is to is to try and focus on the here and now and focus on what, what we're doing in, in any given game and not worry about them too much. Because I think there's always that danger you have sort of, we saw it last year away at Dagenham, where where word got onto the pitch that Stockport had had gone ahead, and you suddenly felt everybody was like, "Oh Lord, okay, well we've got Wembley at the weekend. I don't want anything to 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 happen or or stop me from doing that." And then we ended up getting turned over three 0 And similarly, you know, this season, obviously, we don't have we're not worrying about Wembley. We're not worrying about about what's happening in the future, but that. That capacity for what's happening elsewhere to become a distraction to the players on the pitch is something that we've got to avoid at all costs, really.
0: Funnily enough, Humphrey, we were discussing just that before you came on and how we think it's a very modern scourge, which, as you say, is the smartphone, Mm. which, as far as I'm concerned, is an evil invention. And everyone knows the score straight away and you can almost sense it. And it's it's understandable it's understandable, and we, you know, Tim made a really good point, you know, we're not criticising people, but it's really important as you say, that we, that the atmosphere is as good as it was, for example, at the Sheffield United, you know, first yeah. first sort of uh, awesome. replay at the game of the race course, and that we maintain that throughout the game, even if we go behind.
3: I'll start beef. I am criticising. Get off your phones, concentrate on what's happening on the pit. I can do that. I don't have a podcast audience to, to keep on side. Um, no, I mean, listen, it's, of course, it's totally understandable. It's you know we're in this run of games now that are as big as as any we've had in in the last 15 years of the club and uh, and everyone wants to know what's happening and we all want that you know that that relief of of oh they've dropped points and that that means we can afford to drop points here there and everywhere and whatever it may be but it's sort of you know during yesterday's game uh, or Saturday's game I should say there was a point where i think we were 1-0 up at that stage it was in the first half certainly and we Kind of approached the the, the right hand edge of their box, and whoever it was out there, 40 or Luke or someone who, who's in charge of possession in that area, kind of looked in the box and thought, mm, "I don't fancy that." There's nothing going on. There's too many of them, or we're you know, and recycled it back across the, the back line. And you'd think we would just played them through on goal. The groan that went around the stadium was so loud and palpable, and the shifting of people in their seats. And and it's you know we are all, um, we're all feeling the pressure everywhere. And so those reactions are are understandable, but it it has to be, you know, ironically, I'm sure if we'd gone one nil down, the noise would have gone up a level, you know, the people would have been like, right, it's time for us to do it. And I think we've got to keep that up. As you say, whether it's Sheffield United or whether we're one nil up, two nil up, one, two, one down, you know, what we've shown time and again this year that we have got the character in the squad to pull, pull out results and do well. We've what is it, drawn one game in the last twelve now or something. Um we've, got,
0: we've won fifty-five points out of the last sixty-three, I think, which is just not
3: ridiculous. not bad. Yeah, not bad. I mean, listen, Notts County have played unbelievably well this season and, and that has that has turned up the pressure in a way that, you know, we were all probably hoping wouldn't be the case at this at this stage of proceedings. I think, you know, if I if I had made a bold prediction at the start of the season I think we would have thought yeah okay well we'll be we'll be about 10 points clear at this stage 10 to 15 maybe and then then it'll be all be golden it hasn't gone that way but there's nothing almost nothing we can do now I mean and when I want to say we here I mean the four of us on this on this zoom and, and everybody that we're representing on this call which is the which is everybody who's not part of the 11 that's on the pitch during the game at a certain point you've just got to you know, uh, I believe it was the poet Shakespeare that said, back the boys and make some noise. Um, uh, and he, he's never been more right. No, well
0: said, well said. And I mean, I suppose that's your big message for Tuesday, isn't it? And I think something that we just touched on, actually, and that without without wanting to be too repetitive, you know, it's about, it's not the teams that blinks first that necessarily, you know, uh, won't get the title. You know, we drop points at, woke, uh, at home against Woking. Mm-hmm. It's how you react to it. So I think it's not overreacting as well. It's unlikely that we're going to get maximum points for the rest of the season. I mean, we all hope it's going to happen. Yeah. If we say drew against Chesterfield, let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater, and let's just get behind the boys and make that on Saturday.
3: Not at all. I mean, we've we've all we've all been aware. You know, we've gone through as difficult a patch, I and mean, apart from the first sort of nine games or whatever it was, where we where we did drop, we lost two games and we drew drew a couple, and you know, it it everyone was finding their feet. This this has been as challenging a period for us as we've had with. The, the the proximity of the games to each other, and then you know with Tom out, with with uh, with Aaron out, with Jordan Tunnicliffe out, who then you know luckily came back quicker than we were expecting. With with you know what is an injury crisis really has been has been occurring, and in that period, we've won all our games and, and drawn one, um, and that's really encouraging that was the thing that we said in the summer was what what skittled us last year and we had to take steps to to remedy that and and we have done and I think touchwood have, have reaped the benefits because you know the, the these were real um you know sort of knock you off course type events um and luckily you know with the with the additions that we've made and the ability to kind of you know look at the team we play on Saturday where Andy came in for for a rare league start, and Sam got a start to give Ollie a bit of a rest. you know, I, d- I don't know what Phil intends, but my guess would be, you know, save Ollie for Chesterfield, which might be on paper a tougher game. and um, you know, we've got that ability to do that now, which we which we didn't have last year. Um, and so you know, in that regard, that's really pleasing for us because that that's sort of evidence that that the thinking in the summer was correct and and made sense. Yeah, we just got to, you know, what is it, thirteen left, twelve left. Just got to keep, keep on keeping on.
0: And Humphrey, as we've got you on, you know that we like to grill you as much as we can on lots of different things. Before we do that, please tell us about how your program is going, American Auto, and can can we watch it in the UK? I don't think we can. can we?
3: Uh, I th- I, it's complicated. It was on like Sky Comedy, weirdly in January, but they it said when I first stumbled across it because I didn't even realize I just happened to be flipping through the, the Sky homepage at my mum and dad's house, and it was like, oh hello there, there's that and and um it was on there but and now i've got no idea and i'm sort of not important enough I'm too far down the call sheet for them to tell me where where it's available in the uk um i did see someone said they bought it off amazon i guess you can buy this this the season off amazon um but it's been going very not, well not
0: made any money, i know, just... I, know listen,
3: I understand i'm not i can't in good conscience tell anyone to go buy buy the season i'm sure it'll show up for free somewhere else or or on a service they already subscribe to. Um, but no, it's been great fun. I finished, We finished on Wednesday and I was over here on the Sunday um, to get, get back in the saddle over here.
1: Humphrey, when you're not around here and you're stateside, I mean, have you become... Almost on a par with, with Rob and Ryan for updates and wanting to know everything. Do you have a direct back phone to Fleur and Vice? versa? Yes. So how does it work?
3: I, I have Fleur's telephone number. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. We we uh, yes, I mean it's I, I'm talk, I talk to Fleur and I mean I talk to Sean pretty much every day. It's very rare that we don't. Fleur I speak to a few times a week because you know, often in my role sort of liaising with Rob and Ryan, um that's that's on the more sort of strategic stuff so i talked to sean more regularly on that and then on the operational things there will be you know those those certain things that come from from them in that direction that they they want to do um and you know and and other things coming the other way that need kind of um my input or my say so or or their their encouragement so yeah it's it's you know nowadays it's funny when when i first came to the club that there were so few people so few permanent members of staff in so few positions that I, I ended up sort of having to wade into all sorts of different areas. Um, and now we've got kind of various you new know, department heads and, and, you know, it, it's been a really gratifying part of this trip is getting the sense of like, Oh, things, lots of areas just seem to improve every, you know, every few months I come back as like, Oh, okay, we're now getting a bigger grip of this. We're getting a bigger grip of that where, you know, John Widderson who arrived as a head of community has kind of given us someone who is, um so focused on kind of fan-facing experience and and uh and community uh opportunities that that's really exciting that's that's the thing that i really felt this time is like oh there's just lots of little things going on just little small bits and pieces and plans that are being put in place that we just didn't have the the kind of um bandwidth for before so yeah i i'm I'm able to kind of do the job from there to be completely honest. I think if I if I wasn't here, I don't know that I'd be missed. I'm just putting a really really Yes, you would. You thank would. Thank you. Least, yes, thank you Tim. Excellent work. You fell into my trap. That's exactly what I exactly. Yeah, I know.
1: Uh, right, I'm
3: going to log off now. I think I've got what I for. <laughs> um no. Uh yeah, I mean it, it's it's to fulfill my role is is what's great about it is that it is very achievable from there but the thing that I miss enormously is just is being present is being around is is being able to gauge the mood and 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 chat to folk outside the 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 ground I'm, I'm almost always out in the car park indulging in my very bad um nicotine habit uh slash nerve settler before the game and it's a great way just to get just to chat to people and get a feel for how they think things are going or little things that they that little ideas they have or little little questions they've got about what we're doing that, that I'm then able to either answer or, or find the right person to answer it for them
0: plus I feel nicotine is really good for you I can say that now I'm not with the BBC so
3: oh yeah I'm sure there's snakes at ITV would love you to sell cigarettes to kids <laughs> My said that? As a, for those that don't know I'm a former BBC employee so this is this is a little bit like you know, this this is the Wrexham Chester divide. As far as I
0: <laughs> indeed, Liam. Now he said that Liam asking about season tickets. Nah.
2: <laughs> hey, I, I was going to introduce it all nicely. You make it sound like I'm going to Paxman him. That's your role, Reese. Um, yeah, so obviously we had quite a flurry of off off pitch news this week. Season tickets being one of them. um, Usual story. Some people happy, some people not, etc. But I was quite interested in the process and I guess who's involved in sort of setting the prices and how does the process work a bit because i've always been fascinated by process
3: because i'm very dull yeah so i mean it's a sort of collective conversation really i mean about what we think is reasonable what we've you know bear in mind that the the prices that were that were set this year we actually set last year i mean people have seen increases but we told everyone last year that that was what we were going to do this year so i mean in terms of conversation this year it was it was pretty short which was like well we what date are we going to tell people what's going on and you know, you're you're looking at trying to give people as much of an opportunity to uh, have plenty of time to to, to renew. You know, I, I think it's until April the 26th or something that that people can can uh, renew in their current seats. You know, some some of the conversations are around look people are going to want to move. People, you know, some some of these seats will become available. How do we do that? When do we do that? Um, you know, and and ultimately you kind of try and hit on a point which is, as you said, Liam. Not everyone's going to be happy. Um, not everyone is going to be um, uh, uh, ecstatic. But but ultimately, we have to sort of try and pick a course through that we think is is going to cause the least uh, ructions and the least issues. Um, and you know, sometimes that leaves people disadvantaged. As I say people that want to maybe move their seats right now. It's like, well, you you have to. We have to wait until we've seen who's renewed elsewhere, so we know which ones are free. And you know, you're always you're always going to end up annoying one or two folk but uh, to be honest with you you know I slightly put on my tin helmet knowing that the, the thing was going out and by and large people were were pretty understanding I mean not least for you said because we we told everyone what we we're going to do a year ago you can't say you weren't warned so yeah
2: of I think I think communication plays a role into that doesn't it yeah um, not that it's really up to me particularly to make an argument for the club but the one thing I've sort of said to people this week is that you know, as much as we've got owners who have money, I think the club has to be self-sustaining. And when you're talking about things like new stands, new training grounds, a team, which I'm not sort of privy to the, uh, to the budget, but I would guess is not uh, peanuts, you know, all those things sort of combined together and mean that, you know, in some areas, sometimes prices do have to go
3: up. Yeah. I mean, it's a challenge because, you know, it's a double-edged sword of an, of an argument, but, but, you know, the, this, the kind of global s- economic situation or, or certainly the UK wide economic situation means that their costs go up. Our, our costs have gone up in a big way. We don't want to then turn around and just lump those all onto, onto the fans. That's not fair, but, but equally, you know, it becomes more and more challenging for us to, to sustain ourselves if we are sticking to 2016 prices f- for tickets or whatever it may be. Um. So, yeah, you know, we, we, I mean, in a way, this is sort of going back over the conversation from last year, but you know, we effectively put the price of tickets up by one pound a game for for season ticket holders. Um, I think that's I think I'm right in saying that. And obviously, some categories were categories of tickets were folded into, you know, pricier categories and things like that. But you know, it, it for us, a, a ticket is a ticket. We, we want we want to get as many young folk in and an old folk in and everybody as is humanly possible, but equally it is a real challenge for us. If we are creating bands and categories of tickets that, you know, you might end up selling, you know, I don't know, 500 of them or a thousand of them. And then ultimately that's costing you a couple of hundred thousand pounds. If that, if, if, uh, um, if it works out that way. So, um, you know, we, we've, wherever we, we are, we're trying to make sure that we're delivering value for money and we're giving people um you know an opportunity to come and see the club i mean it's a, a big challenge for us right now is it's a great challenge to have is there's such demand for tickets there's such demand for tickets from people from outside Wrexham and outside the Wrexham area and making sure that we can maintain the ability to get people in locally is really important and so season tickets are, are huge for us for that you know lots of people said oh couldn't you put more you know put set a limit put more general tickets on sale Part of the challenge of that is that you are then getting people, you know, coming in from all over the world, and you know, we want to make sure that there is a real central sort of uh, uh, body of fans that are the season ticket holders and that are local.
2: Yeah, it's a, I mean it's a careful balancing act, isn't it? It's not one that I particularly envy. Uh, people having to make decisions on that front, but we've also had some news on the kit front as recently as today, announced that Macron uh, were joining us for another season. Um, is that something in terms of the club having a good working relationship with and how we're looking on shirt numbers of those orders already gone in
3: yeah we've all ordered all the kits and everything so they they are they are being made as we speak and i think i think the number which we i think we announced this already i think we ordered like 35,000 for this coming coming year which is a substantial increase on this year because one of the real challenges with it is the you know it's just the it's just the time the manufacturing time so you know we ordered whatever it was 20 odd thousand last year, and then topped it up with an order of another 5,000. This is all prior to the documentary coming out. By the time the documentary came out and they suddenly became the Fabergé eggs of the football world. um, We couldn't get any more over here in time. You know, we, we were already by that stage, October, we were already placing the orders for this season's kits. Um, So, yeah, you just eventually the window sort of closes on you. You can't get any more, unfortunately. So we've we've gone big for next season.
0: Humphrey, what can you tell us about next season's kits?
3: Um, they're gonna be rad, as the kids say. Yeah, um rad, and red. Been, at rad, red, fresh, real fresh. Um, I mean, look, I'm I'm not I'm under strict instructions not to not to give too much away about the kits. I know it's a challenge because obviously we we've we've um you know, come up with this idea of basically giving people f- five quid off if they order their shirt when they when they order their their uh, season tickets. Um, so if they so, and obviously people are like, well, I want to see what I'm buying. Totally understand that, but there's also a challenge for us. There's one of those timing situations where we are not yet ready because we are, of course, um, having to affix sponsors and all sorts of stuff to the shirts and things like that. It just timing wise becomes a bit of a challenge. You know, Um so. Um, what part of the reason we wanted to get the Macron announcement out today was, was we'd seen lots of people saying, well, I don't know what size shirt. You know, I'm going to get a shirt, because it's, it's our home shirt for our hopefully our first season back in League Two in a while. Um, I'm going to get one. So but I just don't I want to know, should I get a triple XL because it's Macron or a small because it's Nike or whatever, whatever it may be? I mean, I also am um, very familiar with this. I'm constantly dressed in Rex and Macron gear. I, I had to I've got a five XL coat now. Um, because I've always got my little GA on underneath it, and I'm a big unit. And I've, my Christmas has lasted, my Christmas eating has lasted for about three months now. So I'm a big, big porker in my time. It
1: it's a GA. I've been saying it wrong for years.
3: G.A.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, French. Nope, that's a razor. Uh,
1: right.
0: that's a <laughs> partridge
1: reference. But well, yeah, as a, as a kit aficionado, I can't let this go. Black shirts. Tell oh, yeah. me. Tell me something, apart from it being black, tell me something. Because I mean there, there, there's this the supposed rule. Now whether this whether this has changed, you'll probably know more about the rule book than than me. Um apparently football league rules state that you cannot have a black kit or something that's gonna clash with the national
3: Nash- National League. National right. League, we'll of course. Uh, yes,
1: so, so is it like a is this kind of like a little carrot for the players? Like get up and you can play in a black shirt.
3: <laughs> I don't know how what their, are that's a good question we haven't canvassed them about their feelings um uh no I mean listen it's it's our third kit so we would wear it in cup competitions we would wear it in um uh you know in the uh in trophy or whatever it may be and um you know you you will if we are still in the national league next next year which isn't totally still remains very much a possibility obviously there are teams like altering them and stuff where it becomes more difficult but you can, you can find your ways around that. Um, uh, we, we can amalgamate kit, you know, wear one of those weird ones where you've got like a uh, white shirt and red shorts and whatever else it may be in sort of green goalkeeper socks. And suddenly you actually don't, you're not clashing that much, but we, you know, it's something that we knew there was a huge appetite for. And we wanted, we wanted to, to get into that. You know, we, we, we are aware of, you know, people making mock kit designs and stuff. And, you know, we know how popular the black ones are. And so, um and uh, you know everyone likes a black kit they're really cool they're smart they everyone always looks good in them I've, ne- I've yet to see a bad black football kit i, I don't think
1: they're very, they're very slimming
3: which is very always- slimming so i can combine that with my 5xl uh, um jacket and i'll feel i'll feel good about myself and the GA. Uh, I and my ga that's under there oh yeah i've got it on right now <laughs> humphrey
0: um I'm wondering how you know how is the stuff for the cop going. Obviously, it's it's very visible for people who are there, but I mean, it seems to be continuing apace.
3: Yeah, so so the 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 situation with the cop was the situation with like the demolition work and the floodlights, something like that. That was all sort of taken care of um, outside of the levelling up fund bid. You know, we thanks to huge thanks to to the council, they they decided to to help us with that process in order to help the the levelling up fund bid to go through so um you know between a combination of us and them we we had the funds anyway to do all that and we needed to do it anyway and the the you know the failure of the leveling up fund bid or or the the lack of success if you want to put a positive more positive spin on it um didn't affect any of that work so that that has continued uh, a pace and um you know i believe that work with on the um uh come on brain um the floodlights is is due to start imminently um so all that's continued i mean in terms of the rest of the process i'll say we are beavering away at it behind the scenes and and have um you know hope to have an update to everybody in, in the not too distant future i mean we we remain our objective is to start the process by june because that's what we need to do to have it open in time so that was that's that we're trying to stay on the same time frame we were on if the lovely up fund bid had been successful
0: and that means bricks or concrete on the ground by June, as in you start mm, building.
3: I believe so. Yes. Okay. Cool. I don't know if It's bricks or concrete, but something something <laughs> Still, should be going I,
0: ste- around. I, I yeah, not my scene, but I mean something that. Yeah. Out. Um. Great. Uh, speaking. Uh. Of, well, actually, I wanted to ask you about uh, Will Ferrell when uh. You know. Oh he, yes. Did, do 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 you know that he enjoyed his trip? He seemed to. He seemed. To, I believe
3: to... so. I think. I think he got a real kick out of it. I mean, I. I I know that he certainly made a big impression on everyone around around the stadium, and the staff and uh, players, and everyone loved having him. You know, I know. I, I mean, obviously, I sort of have to say this, but I'll say that everyone was like, "Oh, he was so fun, so easy and fun, and down." You know, just enjoyed it and very polite and friendly to everybody. Had a had a moment for everyone, took a picture with everyone who wanted one. Um, so yeah, I wasn't here unfortunately. So he's been twice, and I've missed him both times because at Wembley. I was down in the sort of, um, you know, the fan, theoretically, the fancy, the royal box type thing, because because I was there as the club's representative to receive the trophy, um, which I was very excited about. And there was a a very sad photograph of them celebrating. And in the corner, you can see my little miserable face looking over enviously. Um, So, yeah, I also missed out on all the by the time I got upstairs to the fancy lot, they'd all they'd all vanished.
0: Well, maybe maybe one day you can uh, you can you can be there properly for a visit like that. I mean, can we expect anyone else soon? I mean, who, who Not, else I could come I, visit?
3: I don't know. I mean, these things sometimes happen real quick. We'll get we'll suddenly get a call and and it's like, uh, oh yeah, you know, could we Charles possibly?
0: Eastwood wants to stand on yes. the cop. Yeah. Yes.
3: Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, and um, and yes, we just sort of facilitate as and when as and when we hear.
1: Apart from the obvious ones, with you know the friends of 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 rob and of ryan if you could have your own pick of uh a lister to come and accompany you or oh. the uh, in the in the suite at the very top who would you who would you choose if you could pick
3: anybody hmm. that's a great question i mean i i suppose uh maybe mark hamill big big fan of his when i was a kid a big star wars fan cool. that would I be cool i feel good. like he would be pretty easy and and cheerful yeah. Yeah, in some ways, I'm tempted to pick Margot Robbie, but I'm not sure my wife would be that thrilled if I <laughs> if I was to select one of Hollywood's top babes. Mark yeah, Hamill. She's Margot also Robbie a big producer. Would. She makes a lot of films, and that would be good for my career. So that's the only reason. My... I dare
1: say that those would re- would result in very different reactions from the crowd, depending yes. on well, if it's lightsaber, lightsaber kids or a lot of testosterone fueled men.
3: Well, I feel like the Mold Road stands, quite a lot of old fellas in there probably love Star Wars in the 70s. <laughs> and they might be a bit like, who's that? She's pretty, but not know who she was.
0: Yes, indeed. I mean, uh, on that note, celebrities. Do you know when we can expect our owners over again soon? And um, they've been, you know, both coming you know, over I... separately quite a lot this year.
3: Yeah, I, I don't. I mean, I'll, I'll say this. I, th- I think um, if we get anywhere close to clinching anything at any point, you, um, you know, check the flight logs. I suspect they'll be on the plane asap. I mean, the, the. They're both very busy at the moment. They're they're into one of their sort of sporadic periods. Rob's shooting. Um, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Um, and Ryan is prepping for, I think, for Deadpool three. He's prepping. He keeps saying for the movie, and I, have, I feel bad as though he told us once and I missed it, and now I can't be like, what well, What's the movie? Um, but I, I I think that's what he's doing. So yeah, they're they're both they're both busy, but I mean, they are. <laughs> yes they're very active on on the group chat yesterday was lots of messages flying back and forth as you can imagine and then today actually during i was i was giving them the updates from um connor's key today and they they were very engrossed in that as well so um yeah i think the first available opportunity is probably the answer but but it depends on what that when that opportunity is and also um you know when where, when the games become unmissable if you know what i mean um
0: i think we know what you mean yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's 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 going to be a big last month to the season i think isn't it i mean like, i think so something think dramatic so. happens in the next few weeks um but on you mentioned um connor's key um and yeah. the, the women's team obviously big moves happening there uh, yeah. more signings but also big plans for the future could you just give us an update on that
3: yeah so so uh, it kind of goes back to what i was saying before which is uh, feels like a real theme whenever i come and talk to you guys about you know, for us, we're really, really happy with what we've done. We're really happy with what we've achieved, and and you know where things are on the pitch, and and where things are getting to in other areas. But there's so many areas we still want to look at and improve. And the women's team was one that, you know, we came in and made this initial um, uh, pledge to support the women's team that kind of gave Gemma and, and Steve and and Co the ability to kind of resurrect it in a big way, in 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 earnest, and and get into the league um, with with their support um and but yeah they've done an incredible job with very limited resources and and with you know the ability to kind of recruit players largely based on our name and our geographical position are this you know lots everyone in North Wales wants to play for Exxon um and you know that's allowed us to attract lots of great players but we we didn't have you know an official structure in place that was going to to achieve our goal, which is to, you know, we would like Rex and women's team to be the strongest women's team in, in Wales. And what we want to, you know, we have visions of trying to get, you know, Barcelona, Femenil, or, or, or uh, whatever the official Spanish title is to, to come and play here in the, in the Champions League and things like that. So, you know, that's the dream. And this is the next step in that is switching to semi-professional, which a lot of the teams in, in the Adran Prem are, and it allows us to do things like, you know, basically pay expenses to, to, to um, you know, just set things on like a slightly more professional footing it becomes a, you know, a uh, contracted situation, it becomes it, it allows us to just yeah take it more seriously and, and, and bring the whole thing forward.
0: And they seem to be going from strength to strength. So fingers crossed that onward march continues. Um, we'll let you go now, Humphrey. I think because you've uh, you've very kind of given us so much of your time. But before you do, one last rally and cry for Tuesday. I'm assuming yes. you'll be there once again. You know, what other Fans need
3: to do. Yeah, listen. Uh, we we couldn't have asked any more of this fan base in terms. of, You know, we talked about season tickets earlier. The demand for season tickets. The the faces that I see in the car park waiting for the players before the game, after the game. You know, it's everyone is doing their part in such a big way but but the the one last request for these last 10 12 games is we have to try as much as possible to to give strength to the players on the pitch not not allow our nerves to communicate to them to to you know whether it's we talked about the context of, of what of seeing Notts county scores coming in or doing whatever you know it's funny I, i'm prone to going and snooping on our our forums, their forums, everybody, I can't resist it. And it's been so interesting last week just seeing the flip. You know, it's almost like the same cast of, of characters on, on each of them. The people that, you know, the people that we've got that are perennial moaners, they've got their perennial moaners, we've got our happy clappers, and so have they. And you know, after woking, it was all like, well, it's over, you know, we we've we you know it's got bloody playoffs again, don't we? It's an absolute disgrace. Um, you know, the money they've spent. I I mean I could have done better than X, Y, and Z. You know, and then and and then immediately reversed on Saturday or, or 720 on Saturday or whatever. It's like the roles are reversed and we've got to as much as possible stick to our job. You know, that's the I know that's what Phil will be saying to the saying to the boys. is like you just don't worry about what they're doing. Concentrate on us. And 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 I think for us, it's like, as you said, we can make a hell of a noise when, when we choose to. Um And there's no question that is, that is, gives an extra. I mean, that that is, everybody knows that's why, what, that's what home advantage is. It's, it's giving your players a lift when they're tired in the 80th minute and they, you know, they're doing a lung busting run to come back and track back and win a, you know, make a tackle on the edge of our box. They, they get that extra yard from, from us. And so let's give it to them from the first minute to the 90th on Tuesday, first minute to the 90th on Saturday first and 90th the following tuesday i think we've got a game the following tuesday yes dagenham um our current slight friends and soon to be mortal enemies again um yeah we if we do that we're we are going up as champions without question i i, I think i think if we give them all the backing that they deserve they've given us an unbelievable season you know it, it, it and any other any other year of this league we'd be winning this thing by 25 points and they'd be talking about this as the greatest ever national league team and there's still every chance they're going to talk about it's the greatest ever national league team and I have the proof because we've beaten the second greatest ever national league team so let's let's blinking do it I nearly said another swear word there but I'll stick with blinking <laughs>
0: You've saved me a job in the edit, so thank you very much for that. <laughs> um, and yeah, we're all very much looking forward to Tuesday, but um, uh, let's hope I'm actually coming up doing the long drive, got Tuesday off. Um, yeah. So very excited. Uh, but Humphrey, thanks so much for your time, and we'll speak
3: thanks to you again sense. soon. Take care. Bye bye.
0: You're listening to Felix devotion. That was uh, Wrexham's executive director, Humphrey Carr. Always good value, Tim. Some interesting little snippets in there.
1: Yes, uh, and uh, despite everything, I'm like I'm just transfixed on the kit. I should have asked if it was an all black kit, just so we can play ACDC's Back in Black when we get back to the league and we turn out in it. But I'm assuming it's going to be sleek and lovely. But yeah, some interesting stuff, and I just think it's it's important that. That this is a rallying cry to the fans. Uh, it, it shouldn't it shouldn't be underestimated. It is a long season. It's had its trials and tribulations, but let's let's be honest. We've been absolutely blessed watching this team. So let's give a little back. More than the monetary aspect, let's just give give full lung capacity back and just let's let's put the fear of God into these teams that are coming in.
0: Yeah, I think you know Humphrey's tapped into something that we're all familiar with. You know, even the most optimistic Wrexham fan is not that optimistic. Just because of the fifteen years of misery we've experienced and the 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 oh so nearly's it's it's drilled into us that we just you know we are constantly worried about getting in the playoffs and being knocked out by a team that finished with thirty five points fewer than us. But the least we can do on Tuesday um is to is to go for it. Um Liam, you know, fair points as well on the on the season tickets prices and stuff?
2: Yeah, it's like I was saying before. I think you know, it's these. Let's start off by saying these are really hard times for you know absolutely everyone, aren't they? Everyone's struggling to find those extra pennies, and you know, I, I've got no doubt that there will be some fans who you know take a hit financially from this. And I'm sure it's not what what anyone would want, but I just think you know, with things the way they are, the, the club's ambitions and. You know, let, let's be honest, undertakings like a new stand, new training ground, you know, massive budget, all the transfers we've made, they they don't come cheap. And, you know, I I've, like I said, I've got every empathy for anyone who finds himself in a situation where they, they can't manage to get a season ticket or regularly get to the ground. And I think, that I mean, they've got that initiative. Um, I can't remember what it was called now, actually, but there was one for people who, you know, struggle to afford a ticket and they can apply... So maybe it's more about, you know, exploring what what initiatives the club could, you know, just tapping into that initiative or their other community ideas. Uh, I think Humphrey mentioned about the, um, the new community guy. Some maybe that's something where there could be a bit of leeway, perhaps. But we'll see.
0: Yes, indeed. And always good to have uh, representatives of the club on the podcast to sort of answer the fans' questions. So thanks to Humphrey once again for coming on. Uh, but now it's time for our... Regular, not really regular, semi-regular feature on the podcast. History only tells a story where we watch a clip from the archives um, and discuss it. So, uh, without further ado, here's this week's
1: clip. Wrexham have lifted themselves away from the League Two relegation places with a win at playoff hopefuls Shrewsbury. Michael Proctor was the match winner at the last ever game at Gay Meadow. Wrexham have now won three on the bounce. It's the first time Shrewsbury have lost in five games. The only goal of the game came 11 minutes from time. Proctor with his first goal since joining on loan from Hartlepool six games ago.
0: Yes, I picked that one this week. Uh, Always stood out in my mind that I wasn't lucky enough to be there. Were either of you lucky enough to be there? Yeah. Mm Yeah. That must have been. I mean, you could see the scenes there when Proctor buries that. I mean, and you know, to put it mildly, we weren't scoring many goals at the time in that season compared to this season. So every goal was to be massively celebrated, and it looked yeah. like there was some serious limbs there.
1: Yeah, it wasn't wasn't the best of seasons. Wasn't the best of teams, from what I can remember. Um, but yeah, it was it was good to go. You know what? You're getting rid of this ground, and we're the last ever time you're going to play us at this ground. We're going to beat you on it. So. It was great. They had, a, they had a really low roof in the away end of the game, Meadow. So when we scored, a lot of arms went aloft and there was a lot of cracking of knuckles on that roof, for sure. I'm pretty sure a couple of uh, speaker tonneyes were, were pulled down in the aftermath as well. But really good finish, you know. I'll, I'll put it up on Twitter, but that is a tough finish to pull off. And you can see why he was in the Premier League with, with Sunderland and everything else, but really tidy first-time volley. Side foot, wallop, no chance
2: it's funny you mentioned the speakers. I'm sure there was a story doing the round somewhere that Jacko may or may not have been involved in in some of those antics and was also seen whipping a wet shirt round his head, going absolutely nuts at the end, which oh, I wish I wish I could have seen that that would have been quite the sight
1: it was It's just like you know as much as you know we don't like shebury boo, and it was a proper horrible ground, you know encircled by houses and stuff. Grey, grim, just dirty, generally dirty ground. And it was just cavernous. And like, as you can see in the club, there's just, just loads of Wrexham fans going absolute berserk over about seven or eight steps over there. It was just, just really good. And, you know, we, a few of us have been lucky enough to go to the New Meadow, obviously not as good. I can't wait to go back there because we owe them one after the last time we played them, which was that... Uh, I'm sure it was the 5-0 infamous Richard Hopeless um, slagging off all his teammates after the game.
0: Yeah, let's not talk about that. But I mean, yeah, it was just a cracking, cracking finish. Nice little cut in and ball across from Spender as well. Simon Spender, good, good really good little play, And actually was really crucial in that sort of little run that we went on towards the end of that season where we looked like we were just down and out and we and we managed to turn it round. So... I always enjoy watching those clips. Shame we got relegated the next season, but still. Um, let's move on to predictions. Uh, another massive week. Uh, no Andy here because he's um, flying around New Zealand and Australia and having a great time down under. Um, looking forward to hearing all those stories. Um, Tim, Chesterfield and Maidenhead. What are your thoughts?
3: Oh,
1: Chesterfield are in absolute tatters they're having a nightmare they're struggling for goals they can't buy a win at the moment Paul Cook sounds like he's been given the electric chair treatment once or twice if you listen to his recent interviews I don't know what's happened to his voice so every time he speaks so like a dozen dozen or so of dogs run straight for him very high-pitched refused to give um I'm not sure if refused is the right word but a couple of the The local stations couldn't get an interview with him. He'd give it to like an independent one. So he's he's still got a few gripes there. Some of the fans are turning against him because he seems to call out the fans a lot recently. So there's a lot of uh, disharmony in the ranks there, including some of their players. One of the players that are set to with some fans after they lost to Oldham on the weekend. So
0: What you're saying, Tim, is that it's all lined up for a Chesterfield win on Tuesday. of
1: (laughs) Of course it is. We don't have a very good record against them at home in the league. We beat him in the FA Cup a couple of seasons ago, where I think we played him about four nights after we'd lost to them in the league. Um, the only, I think we won once in the National League at home. Keel Wright scored the only goal of the game. However, there's a reason why we're miles ahead of them, and there's a reason why they're struggling to hold on to a playoff spot. So on that logic, I'm going to say Wrexham aren't going to Wrexham it. If we win, I think it's well and truly on then. And I think we will win. I think it'd be nervy, but I think I'm going to go with a 2-0. Ollie Palmer double like he did the season before last at their place. So, yeah, 2-0 two win for that one. Maidenhead, 3-1, uh,
2: Wrexham.
0: Nice, confident like it. Liam?
2: I feel like this season's got more twists and turns in it than a twisty-turny thing. So, oh, I, I don't want to say it, but I'm going to say a one-all draw against Chesterfield, because it wouldn't be the end of the world. Um, and it'll also be a test of our mettle as well, you know, when we go to Maidenhead on Saturday in terms of the fans and the players. And I think we'll get a 2-0 win away there, and it won't be the end of the world if we do draw.
0: God, I love how
1: level-headed we are now. Great.
0: Humphrey, Humphrey Carr has that bizarre effect on you, doesn't it? It's remarkable. It's like it's, just it's, a warm bath.
1: It's, it's, it's his calming, dulcet tones. So it's a bit like the return of Rob Layton, isn't it? Like just a, light, a nice, cosy, warm blanket to calm everybody down.
0: Yeah, that's fair enough. And Tim, you know, to be fair to you, you've been caught over that all season. I wasn't convinced, but you were right. Uh, well,
1: I, I wasn't as well. I'm, a, I'm, I'm an advocate of Howard. Yeah. Um, however, um, the gods have spoken and he's nearly, nearly had two clean sheets in a row. Good good goalkeeper playing really well
0: okay my predictions I'm inclined to agree with Liam especially as I'm doing eight hours of driving on Tuesday uh, to watch the match with my dad which guarantees a nil nil at the race course I think Tuesday night and then uh, I think we'll do Maidenhead 3-1 away from home which will leave us in a very good position still next weekend so four points wouldn't be the end of the world and we can get behind and back the boys and that is the latest from the happy clappers podcast uh, we'll uh, we'll we'll speak to you all next week uh remember you can email um the podcast at f-i-d-z-i-n-e which is pronounced fidzine at gmail.com and then you can obviously tweet tim at uh, fearless idzine on twitter thanks as always bye bye
3: take care Cheers.